Podcast Halloween Spooktacular. <laughs> I am your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me is editorial director Adam Smith, playing a morbidly obese man, <laughs> managing editor Jesse Carey. Put it in my chest, Sam. <laughs> I am Optimus Prime. And operations manager, Maya Strang. <laughs> Being a crazy monkey. One day I would love to deep fry that monkey <laughs> and eat it with sawmill gravy. <laughs> Today's show is going to be a very special show. It's going to be frighteningly good. Later up in the uh, podcast, we have an interview with Mike Foster, who is a scary good guy. <laughs> we also have a special episode of Halloween Trivia coming up later in the show. Did we mention it's terrifying? <laughs> Adam, quit lubricating on him. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope everyone's seen the movie, by the way. Or else that is just a bizarre comment. But up first, slices. I, I'm going to break the fat guy voice, but I do have a very scary slice to bring to you. It's about everyone's favorite uh, paranormal series of wizardry, Harry Potter. Well, it turns out that J.K. Rowling says something very creepy about the character Dumbledore. Evidently, he's gay. He's, he's gay. Yeah. Um, Which one's Dumbledore? Uh, Dumbledore the is... The gray-haired old man. He's Harry Potter's mentor, uh, and that's it. Very interesting, uh, nerd. <laughs> I thought that might be that big hairy guy that lives out in the woods. And did you look that I, up in I, your that Harry Potter is. encyclopedia you have there? Um, here's the thing, Jesse. Actually, it was covered in the New York Times. That's I, why uh, I read it. I have, uh, yeah, see. No, no I knew I, the news about well, that. Well, no, Jesse, it's because I read. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've never read a Harry Potter book. I've never seen a Harry Potter movie. But I'm a culturally aware person who reads news. No, no, I wasn't talking about the actual news story that you read because I find it interesting that she retroactively made a character gay. Like after the series is over, she's like, "Oh yeah, did I mention I need to drum up some? You know, I, how can I get people to buy my books again? I'll say one's gay and tell them to yeah. go figure out. Here's, you know, here's what but I. But I was actually talking about how you knew who Dumbledore was. Um. Well, here's the interesting thing, Jesse. Is uh, news stories usually tell you stuff like that. <laughs> If you read them. Um, at any rate, yeah, I, it kind of smacks of J.K. Rowling sitting around at home really, really bored. Yeah. You know, like, hmm, Harry Potter's over. We don't really have any new ideas. Uh, Dumbledore is gay. Well, here's what I think. I think she just, she's like, okay, 
how can I just really stick it to the Christians? Like, I know, <laughs> I know what I'll do. She what's worse, said that. What's worse than witches? She did not. Gay witches. She said, she, she did say, somebody, somebody said in the article I, you know, I was reading that, you know, this is going to set off your Christian critics. She goes, yeah, I probably will. I mean, like, she's aware. But, but uh, I thought it was interesting. The reason why it came up is that they're currently doing the screenplay, or screenplay, they're screenwriting the next and final Harry Potter film. And they had a flashback or something where they apparently showed a female character that was Dumbledore's, whatever his name is, um, you know, kind of unrequited love in the past. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, that scorned love is what sent him off to become the man he is or whatever. And that she actually had to correct it and say, actually, he's gay, so we can't have that in the film. And so they had to change the plans for the movie. I guess I'd never seen wizards as really having a sexual orientation. <laughs> well, if if making a character gay isn't enough, J.K. Rowling is now targeting three-year-olds. Three-year-olds? That's right, with dangerous, dangerous ideas. This story comes out of the UK. When little Charlie Thomas wanted to be a wizard. Um, it's a really tragic story. He was actually walking down the street, and I'm going to read... An actual line from the news story. Spotting a discarded traffic cone, the the imaginative three-year-old immediately saw its potential as an impromptu Harry Potter outfit. But after placing it carefully on his head to show his family, the magic soon disappeared. (laughs) That's right. Here's a picture. Uh, Poor Charlie got the traffic cone stuck on his head. Um, And they had to call the fire department. Six of the guys came out. Took about a half hour. Six Six firemen came out. I didn't have anything else to do that day. (laughs) There's a kid with a cone on his head. I'm there. (laughs) Call the international news. (laughs) Some kid got a cone stuck on his head. Well, I guess it worked. I picture like this poor... British street child like Oliver Twist or something like <laughs> like there's a traffic cone that that shall make a fancy costume uh, yeah it's like <laughs> I have no money for a real costume yeah. <laughs> I will use that traffic cone and that th- discarded rubbish I shall use the delight of imagination <laughs> <laughs> and then it got stuck on his enormous British ears <laughs> so the no offense British listeners the moral of the story is clear I do believe we should continue a boycott of everything Harry Potter. <laughs> because not only is it promoting witchcraft... Is this 2001? <laughs> but also it's promoting uh, dangerous activities like children putting cones on their head. So, scary. What I have found... I- I'm sorry, that's not what a monkey reading a news story would sound like. <laughs> it sounds delicious. Alright, well my slice is terrifying. Makes me sad. You might want to cry. Next summer, they are coming out with Mummy 3, the third version. come on. (laughs) Come on. Only good thing is Brandon Fraser now has something to do. Actually, by this time, he has almost mummified. (laughs) I was going to say, is this one straight to DVD? (laughs) Jet Li is going to be in it. (laughs) Oh, man. He's filming over in China. Tell you what, that is a recipe for box office success. Next summer, get ready. Yeah. Get ready. All right, that'll do it for Slices. Up next... Mike Foster. It's supposed to be night. Something evil's lurking in the dark. I got the moonlight. It's the insight that I almost got your heart. You try to scream. Right between your eyes.
listening to Thriller by Michael Jackson. Thank you, Michael, for coming in and re- recording that for us. Appreciate it. Yeah, he always does a good job. Yeah. It's not playing right now at Relevant TV. <laughs> but it'd be it cool should. if it was. Now, you were just, during the break, Adam, you were telling me about another uh, song that we should add as a video to Relevant TV. Yeah, Indian Thriller. Indian Thriller. All right, so I'm pulling it up. It's at YouTube. <laughs> Indian Thriller. <laughs> It's in many ways superior to the original. <laughs> I agree. Kashmara Kaudilite Yenchestavo. Nepali Manta Mete Yemautavo. Kangaru Pata. Cannot in any way find adjectives in the entire dictionary that would accurately describe what it is I'm watching right now. There's one of the videos that actually has captions, and it's it says like "boogie man, 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 man," and then all the sounds that he's making that are clearly not any language at all. It like captions them. It's great if you look for Indian thriller with English lyrics. It. The See, first time I saw it, I laughed so hard I couldn't breathe. There's no reason Michael Jackson couldn't have put that little fill in there. He was just lazy. He just got lazy. Oh, man, oh, man. All right. In the September issue of Relevant, you actually saw a Q&A with Mike Foster. Mike Foster was one of the co-founders of uh, com. Uh, though he's no longer with them, he now fa- he now um, has started an organization called Ether, and uh, Ether does the Junkie Car Club and the Deadly Viper Character Assassins. Uh, you can check them out at ether e t h u r dot org. Uh, recently, Jesse caught up with Mike, and here is uh, part of that interview. Well, here with us today is Mike Foster. Mike is the founder of Ether, which is a nonprofit group that's involved in a lot of really cool stuff. And one of the things that we want to talk to him today about is the Junkie Car Club. Now, Mike, for someone who isn't familiar and hasn't seen the write-up in the magazine, can you kind of explain uh, what the vision for the Junkie Car Club is? Yeah, t- totally. We, about, uh, about a year and a half ago, I was driving this really fancy, nice, sports car and feeling really proud of myself and thinking that this was my status symbol and, and kind of my so much of my identity was found in this car. I'm like, hey, aren't I cool? Check me out. You know, cruising the streets of Los Angeles in this really fine vehicle. And I realized it just sort of dawned on me that this was really stupid that I was thinking these things and thinking that people would think I was successful or people would think I'd be a better guy if I had a nicer car. And so I ended up, what I ended up doing, I said, you know, forget this, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. I sold my really nice car and started driving a 1993 Toyota Camry with about 120,000 miles on it at the time and took all that money that I was spending on my car payment and insurance and the car wash every week and all that, and I started putting that money towards social justice causes. And so I was kind of doing this as a personal experiment, and then I, I started recruiting my friends and my buddies and saying, hey, why don't you do the same? Why don't we all kind of start this official car club called the Junkie Car Club? And uh, so that's what we did. We actually launched it kind of in a national sense about four months ago, and uh, it's just really it's really taken off, and people are really digging it, and we're, we're, we call it just 
we're starting a little revolution of junk out here in uh, Southern California and just having a lot of fun with it, but also just it, talking about these really important issues of materialism, consumerism, our stuff, you know, that we need to stop finding our value or self-worth in, the, in our possessions, but really about our, our self-worth should be found in, in Christ, number one, and then number two, in what we can give back to people and how we can serve and help others. If someone wants to be a member of the Junkie Car Club, is there an official process they go through, or is it more they just kind of downgrade their car and pick social justice causes to align themselves with, or have you guys already picked out different organizations? Well, what we what we do is, number one, you can go to junkiecarclub.com and become a member, and we're not membership Nazis or anything. We're not knocking on your door and checking out your car and making sure it's uh, up to par, you know, as the right <laughs> number of mileage or the right years or, you know, it's got a few dents in it, nothing like that. But we do have different levels of membership. So, like, the basic level is just someone who cares about social justice, who's trying to live with less, who is, is wanting to be more generous in their life. If, that, if that's you, then you can, you can sign up for a basic level. And then we have the Chrome membership, which is, means your car is paid for, you have no car payments, you, you're supporting social justice causes. And then the top kind of the premium level of membership is the Elite Lemon membership. And that means that your car is 10 years old or older, uh, like my 93 Camry, and you are sponsoring a child through Compassion International. It's basically what we tell people is, you know, if you've got, if you've got room in your budget to be spending money on your vehicle or the car wash or, you know, the big fat payment, you need to find some money to help kids who are living in extreme poverty. And so we encourage all our members to be sponsoring kids through Compassion International. It's like 32 bucks a month. It's a great, it's, you know, a lot less than a car payment, but the, the rewards of that and the meaning of that sure is, uh, sure is awesome. And actually coming up, people are going to be able to see firsthand the, the Junkie Car Clubs and their owners. You guys are doing a calendar that's coming out October 30th? Absolutely. Yeah, we're actually really excited about this. And, uh, um, you know, every car club, you know, we, we operate like a real car club. We have membership cards. We have bumper stickers. We have membership rules, the whole deal. We operate like a real car club. And we just think any good car club is going to have their own car club calendar. <laughs> and so we have created, I think, just an incredible 2008 Junkie Car Club calendar for this upcoming year. And basically what it is, it's, it's our members, the members of the Junkie Car Club, with their cars, but they're these incredibly sweet-looking shots. Like, they're beautiful shots. Jeremy Cowart is one of the guys who's uh, shot some pics for the calendar who did um, Hope in the Dark, I think, with Relevant. Yeah. Right? He, he shot that incredible book. Jeremy's just an amazing photographer. He's got a lot of bunch of his friends who have contributed to the calendar. These photos are just awesome. And so what we're doing is urging people and asking, begging people to purchase a calendar. It's 12 bucks, you know, basically a dollar a month. And then 100% of those proceeds from the Junkie Car Club calendar sales goes to help an organization in Las Vegas called Cores of Compassion that's working with over 700 homeless and at-risk children every week. And so all the money is going to them. And we're just really excited about, you know, partnering with them and just saying, hey, listen, we want to help you out. So that's really kind of the motto of our car club. We're not looking to fill our pockets or create some big organization or anything like that, some big car club. What we're trying to do is direct our members into other areas of good. 
And so what we're doing with the calendar is saying, hey, we want our members buying it. We want relevant listeners buying it, relevant readers buying it, and that money going to uh, Cores of Compassion because they're just doing such an amazing work in Las Vegas. And, and to purchase a calendar, you can go to JunkieCarClub.com, correct? JunkieCarClub.com. If you want to pre-order, you can go to uh, DeadlyViper.org. We have that on, on in that store also. But uh, JunkieCarClub.com releases October 30th. Well, Mike, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to chat with us today. And once again, it's JunkieCarClub.com where everyone can go and check out the post, uh, the, the calendar and kind of see all the cool stuff they got going on. That's right. And, Jesse, let me just say thank you to Relevant. You guys have been so incredibly encouraging and supportive of what we're doing through Ether and with the Junkie Car Club and with Deadly Viper. Uh, thank you for your support and everything that you're doing to help get the word out. Definitely, man. Hey, it's great talking to you today. Now I have a story that I'd like to tell about this guy. You all know me as we scared as hell. He comes to me at night after I call into bed. He's burnt up like a weenie and his name is Fred. He wears the same hat and sweater every single day. And even if it's hot outside, he wears it anyway. He's home when I'm awake, but he shows up when I'm asleep. I can't believe that there's a nightmare on my street. listening to a nightmare on my street it's by dj jazzy jeff and the fresh prince there is perhaps no more poignant lyricist that captured the the mood and culture of our times and than the fresh prince lines like burned like a weenie <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean he tapped into the cultural phenomenon that was nightmare on elm street and uh, he made us understand ourselves a little bit better through it. <laughs> and it wasn't like on a theme album or anything like that. I mean, it was on his album, He's the DJ, I'm the Rapper. Mm-hmm. All right, well, the new issue of Relevant is on its way to subscribers and newsstands as we speak. So we wanted to give you a quick uh, preview of the issue, uh, probably shorter than previous issue previews. And uh, before we get into that, though, I want to give you your entertainment releases. Coming out in theaters tonight... Uh, October 26th, we've got Dan in Real Life, starring Steve Carell, uh, Dane Cook, and others. Looks good. Yeah. Uh, also, with Saw 4, we have Saw 4 with uh, Tobin Bell, Scott Patterson. Wait, Scott Patterson, that's not the guy who killed his wife. That Peterson. was Scott Peterson. Oh, okay. That would be scary. <laughs> that would be scary. That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't in the cast. Yeah. He just showed up. Yeah, we should probably not <laughs> make light of this. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> get out of prison. <laughs> and uh, coming out in CD, CDs coming out in stores on Tuesday, the 30th of October. We've got Duran Duran with Red Carpet Massacre. Finally. Thursday with Kill the House Lights on Victory. Saves the Day with Under the Boards on Vagrant, and Seven Glory with Atmosphere on Seven Spin Records. Uh, have you noticed that these Saw movies are becoming like the Garfield Halloween special? <laughs> it's like every every year you just know, well, there's going to be another Saw. Yeah, it's October, yeah. so... Sure. Make your plans. Yeah. The new issue of Relevant, the November issue. Now, I don't want to say November, December like usual because there's a separate December issue that's heading out in a, in a month. But there, the November issue of Relevant is on its way to newsstands and to subscribers. And uh, we have a very interesting and unique cover story. AJ Jacobs is an editor for Esquire magazine, and he wrote a book detailing basically a year of living exactly how the Bible says to live. So all the way from the kind of 
you know, good stuff, you know, Ten Commandments, don't kill your neighbor, cover your neighbor's wife, all the way to the more outrageous stuff that's actually in the Bible. Yeah, some of those are kind of easy to follow, like don't kill your neighbor. But AJ is just such an interesting dude. He kind of wrote about his experience in this cover story of spending this entire year following the Bible to the letter and how unexpectedly it really changed his life. You know, he went into this thing as a non-religious Jew. He'd grown up culturally Jewish, but very non-religious. And uh, he said he was amazed at how some of the, the simple things just really impacted him on a deeply spiritual level. Very cool, very funny story, um, very unique for us. You know, starting at the beginning of, of the issue, um, for those of you who have tired of mustaches here on the podcast, you can now okay, go ahead and read it in the magazine. <laughs> we, we introduce to the print world the existence of the Relevant Gentleman Society. Yeah. For those of you who dig it, it's awesome. And those of you who don't, it's pretty clear. You can leave it. You can, you can just skip right over yeah, it. Look, no one's holding a gun to your head when you read this thing, okay? <laughs> just stop whining. We've, uh, you know, got the, the usual uh, slices. Uh, we have Counterculture, Spotlight, uh, Revolution talks about uh, sex slavery in Thailand. The scene hits a very different kind of city, this, this issue. Geneva. The chocolate city. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what Mayor Ray Nagin calls it. No, no, I'm talking about. Um, but I've actually eaten chocolate from Geneva, and it is delicious. Actually, I if if we wanted to kind of share in the experience of Geneva, and we had a moment, I have several chocolate bars that Aaron brought us from Geneva. Wow! Yeah, yeah. go get it. Okay, he's been waiting out. for this perfect opportunity. And I was visiting with Aaron, who spectacular used to chocolate, who uh, who worked here uh, for a little while, and he is now. Uh, a designer for the Franciscans in Geneva because they do a lot of humanitarian work over there. So he's kind of letting me know about the whole cultural experience. He said at the grocery stores, they have a chocolate aisle. It's like, okay, here's your uh, paper towels, trash bags, all that kind of stuff on this aisle, canned goods, chocolate, one full aisle. Apparently over there, they just they love it. They love the stuff. And it's not like Hershey's. It's not like Snickers. It is gourmet. It's like crack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to open up this one that is laced with absinthe. Spotlight some some great up-and-coming artists. Um, Castanets, L.A. Symphony, and The Set. Yeah, which, uh, not to be confused with Thesset. No, it's not It's not Thesset or Thies Tea. Or Thies Tea. <laughs> because we actually had a letter from Thies Tea, and they were none too happy about the confusion. Features, we've got a Q&A with Will I Am. He has a new album out. And Joey the Jerk from L.A. Symphony actually is the one who interviewed him. Uh, very oh. cool. Pro surfer and entrepreneur and innovator Laird Hamilton also uh, has a feature. Maybe one of the coolest guys he, we've ever had in the magazine. He is an Adonis of a man. Yeah, we've had a lot of like cool guys. I'm not talking about like hip, because we've had a lot of hip people. I'm talking about just like cool yeah. Laird Hamilton. He's married to the um, volleyball chick, right? Yeah. Gabrielle Reese. Who's taller than him. Mm-hmm. And he is six foot three. I kid you not. And he weighs 700 pounds of pure muscle. Yeah. <laughs> really? He's made no, of, I'm just kidding. He's made of gold. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse has a very serious man crush on Laird Hamilton. Um, oh, I think yes. he's blushing. It's more of a, I think it's more of a human crush, which I think we can all admit to. It's more of a Dumbledore crush. <laughs> That's a joke, people. Lighten up. I'm going to go put a cone on my no. head. <laughs> No one's making you listen to this yeah. thing. 
we have a feature here called When God Ruins Everything, which is a really personal and compelling story about a, a young couple who who were out on the mission field and they ended up getting pregnant. And it, and it kind of crushed their dreams that they had because of this kind of left turn that God put into their life. We have a special section here uh, spotlighting great up-and-coming worship artists. Not maybe even up-and-coming, just great worship artists. Uh, just a, kind of a fresh perspective on worship. And I'm going to play some clips here. First up is Misty Edwards. Her most recent album is called Always On His Mind. Here's I Am Yours. And when you said my name When I heard your voice Next up, uh, we talked to the Robbie C Band, who we actually gave away their album a, a few yeah, months ago. There, we gave the, away a bunch of them. The album is called "Give Yourself Away." Here is Rise. Next up, we got uh, Shane and Shane. Uh, this is a song "We Love You, Jesus." Now, if you if if what you remember of Shane and Shane is two guys and two acoustic guitars, that's not that's not this album. There's still Shane, but yeah, there's still Shane. Shane and Shane. Yeah. But this is definitely a different kind of vibe for them. This is a song "We Love You, Jesus." Next up is Kate Miner. She's uh, she has a new project coming out. Her most recent one is on Floodgate Records, and it's called Prodigal Martha. Here is the song "Come to the Water." make a personal recommendation about Kate check out her album uh, Live from the Strip um, it, it was recorded live in LA and it is it is awesome I mean it is one of those I got it probably five years ago and still listen to it very very regularly and one, one of my favorite worst albums of all time and if I can make a recommendation it's actually the next artist we're going to talk about uh, Jason Upton um, he used to he for a while while he was in school led worship at a church that I used to get, attend and ever since then I've been just such a huge fan of uh, not just his music um, but it's interesting he in a lot of ways incorporates so many things into his music uh, teaching and ministry um, just a really cool artist and has some really cool music yeah he's awesome Jason yeah, he Jason he's put he puts out a lot of albums whether it's just independently and or, or through labels. And, and it's great because, I mean, there's just such fresh music continually coming out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, if, you're, if you're wanting an introduction to Jason Upton, other than the song I'm about to play, uh, I would say go back to Faith. 
It was his album, Young Goatee. Yeah. It's a great primer for Jason. It, it'll get you hooked. It honestly will yeah. get you hooked. So, uh, But off his album uh, from this year called Beautiful People on Integrity, this is a song, uh, Beautiful People, by Jason Upton. Uh, we've got a feature, a great feature with the group Athlete. If you know Athlete at all, they um, are an incredible, well, I guess for good and bad, the British press has crowned them the, the next Coldplay. Yeah, that's know? what they say. And that, and that label, I feel like, has almost hindered them over the years a little bit yeah. because they're living in the shadow of Coldplay instead yeah. of breaking out on their own. But they're continually getting better. The guys themselves actually are Christians, um, the little known fact. And uh, they, I mean, they couldn't fit us more perfectly great music um great message great great content to their to their songs here off their new album beyond the neighborhood is athletes uh, single hurricane Turning the page in the magazine, we've got uh, an article called Reckless Abandon. It asks the question, how much risk is too much? E- even the pull quote from this, I feel like that's the Read perfect use it. of a pull quote. It says, when Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, I don't think he was talking about losing our 501c3 IRS tax advantages. Ooh, yeah. Perfect use of a pull quote, you say? I say that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, I, I feel like the story is great because it talks about, it's, it's easy to be idealistic about doing uh, you know, radical things for Christ. But when the rubber hits the road, a lot of times... Well, you, that means you're in a car playing it safe. You should be hitchhiking or riding yeah. some sort well, of Well, how do you know he's not riding a, a rocket motorcycle? That's true. <laughs> that I made safe. to deliver the gospel. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I deliver it very quickly. Yeah, no, I, obviously, I'm kidding there. I don't have a rocket-powered gospel transporter. But, yes. <laughs> but, I, you know, there are so many young Christians that... And it's a good thing to have an attitude that they really want to spread the message message and love of Christ, but there's sometimes there's steps you have to take to get there. Um, you know, and from the Bible, I think we even see that even, even Christ went to the wilderness before he started his ministry. So it's, so it's a, it's a cool story. All right. Uh, turning the page, we've got a Q and a with the format. Uh, here is their song. She doesn't give it. They just make me want to dance. Like I, I, I have to say, I am a snob about music. I really am. I'm uh, just a pretentious jerk when it comes to music. But the format, they're fantastic. They make me want to dance and sing with no guilt, and that's that's no indie they rock. They make me guilt. want to spin around in the middle of a field <laughs> <laughs> when the hills come alive. Possibly because you're on something. 
<laughs> I want to fly in Geneva. Only the yeah. high of their fantastic I wanna, music. I want to fly to Geneva, run to a meadow, <laughs> just stuff my gorge myself with chocolate and listen to the format. That's all I want. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> and I want to ride there in a rocket powered gospel delivery machine. <laughs> Believe in your dreams, Jesse. Believe in them. I'm going to do it with reckless abandon. <laughs> I don't care if my tax advantage status gets revoked. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Uh, finally, the the last feature in the issue, not la- not least by any stretch of the imagination, just happens to be last. It may perhaps be most. Yeah, exactly. Uh, is is a look at the struggles in Darfur and trying to find kind of hope in the suffering there, and uh, it's a very hard hitting feature. Reviews: We've got lead review on the David Crowder Band's new album. We also talk about Beastie Boys and Coheed and Cambria and the New Amsterdam's, the Go Team, Sarah Groves, uh, Talib Kweli, Josh Ritter, VHS or Beta. My goodness, we have a lot of reviews. We should probably cut these down for the next album or the next issue. Yeah, man, we should we should definitely have fewer. Uh, saves the day, Kanye West, the starting line, hard fire, Ben Harper, and others. Book reviews. We've got uh, several titles you should check out. All right, that'll do it for your new issue preview. It is what we do as a uh, as a company, and you know we think. If you like the podcast, you'll like the magazine probably a whole lot more, truthfully. Uh, there's a little more substance to it. It's a little bit better done than this thing. Anyway, the new issue is uh, on its way to subscribers right now. Uh, if you don't subscribe, you can go to relevantmagazine.com and subscribe, and you get a free CD with every subscription. Uh, and you also can pick it up at newsstands across the country. If you are wondering which which newsstands near you carry Relevant, you can actually check that out at relevantmagazine.com as well. Um, under Magazine, just click the Where to Buy link, and then it'll list. Uh, you can search around the country and figure out what newsstands carry us, and then go support it. Um, if we do well on newsstands, it helps the magazine grow, but also, you know, obviously, we would love to have you subscribe. International people, you can subscribe as well. I know that uh, we get those emails a lot asking. Information is right there on the subscribe page at relevantmagazine.com as well. You won't want to miss out what's coming up. This issue is uh, one of our favorites. It's really cool. But the next issue and the January issue and the March issue, um, we have even more exciting things in store. So uh, definitely subscribe. You won't want to miss it. You know, I'm the publisher. I'm going I'm to be the one who, who, who sends the personal plea, you know, uh, help us out, support the cause in uh, subscribe to Relevant. Up next, a very special one-time edition of Maya Strang's Halloween Trivia Spooktacular. You yell and scream when one of them arrives. There is no denying monsters lead such interesting lives. They live in ooze. They've paid their dues. No brothers, sisters, moms, or dads or wives. Honest, I'm not lying. Monsters lead such interesting lives. You're listening to Mel Torme, The Velvet Fog. The song is Monsters Lead Such Interesting Lives. They do. You can attest? Yeah. I mean, I, I've been called on many occasions a monster. Uh, for various... By women you've dated? Yeah, for various <laughs> reasons. Uh, and I, I do lead an interesting life. Because of the women you've dated? 
Yeah, well, an interesting life that includes a lot of pending litigation. <laughs> and, and prison time. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's necessarily good, but it's interesting. So for a one-time-only extravaganza, here is Maya Strang's Halloween trivia extravaganza 2.0. <laughs> Squared. Extreme! Now it's time for Maya's Spectacular Halloween Trivia. <laughs> All right, I'm going to call this the Scarylicious... <laughs> it sounds, I'll work on it. <laughs> it sounds Scarylicious. All right, I'm just going to ask you guys... When she won the Spice Girls? Scary. Scary Spice. Scarylicious. She's on Dancing with the Stars right now. She's terrifying. Scarylicious? <laughs> yeah. I'm not talking... I'm talking to... She's just mean. Oh, Wow. Yeah. I mean, she takes the competition seriously. She's spicy. Yeah. So there's really nothing else on that at, at that time that you end up... <laughs> hey, Dana likes it, and I'm not going to lie. Hey, Mark Cuban's on there. I'm a huge Mark Cuban and, fan. And you, and you taunted me for just knowing, for being knowledgeable about the slice I was bringing. Oh, last time I checked, Floyd Mayweather was nerd. pretty cool and pretty manly. <laughs> in case you guys didn't know, he's the best boxer in the world, pound yeah. for pound. So, um, But dancing negates all that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. I'm ask so you, how does this work? I've got a few multiple choice. I've got true or false. Um, what, what's the prize here? And how do we ring in? Tell us the structure of this you game. You are going to scream. Okay. First person that I hear screams. Pretend you're getting bitten um, on the foot I, by I do crab. that sometimes just because I have night That's terrors. That's more of a shriek <laughs> than a scream. Yeah, Adam has clinically severe night terrors. Yeah, so I'm, I may scream even when I don't know the okay. answer. All right. Because you may be falling asleep or something. Mm-hmm. And you will get... I also have narcolepsy. A, <laughs> a vicious combination. I'm you'll sorry. get a bunch of um, Swiss chocolate. <laughs> the Seems a little empty. Wow. All right. Which uh, celebrity was born on Halloween? A. Kevin Bacon, B. Vanilla Ice, C. Christian Slater, or D. Bob Marley? Ah! Rob Van Winkle. <laughs> Wrong. Uh-huh. Uh, you have to scream. Um, uh, Bob Marley. No. Uh, Christian Slater. No. Vanilla <laughs> Ice. <laughs> What? Vanilla he said, Ice he said Ice Baby. Rob Van Winkle. Rob Van Winkle. That's Vanilla Ice. Is that his real name? Yes. <laughs> I don't know that. How would you not know that? He was on um, a lot of celebrity okay, reality fine. shows. You watch celebrity reality shows? <laughs> Do they dance in those shows? <laughs> if they go well. <laughs> All right. Okay, fine. Vanilla Ice. True or false? The mask used by Mike, Michael Myers in the movie Halloween was actually... Ah! Was actually William I know. He True. Yes, but I want True. to say the it's whole a thing. Shatner mask. Yeah, it's a William Shatner mask painted white. And that's why it's so terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Shatner's still wearing that mask. You know Shatner <laughs> yeah, have, he it's was like born with that. Have mask. you guys seen Vanilla Sky? It's yeah. kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> Every Halloween, Charlie Brown helps his friend Linus wait for what character ah! to appear? The Great Pumpkin. Yes. The first jack-o'-lanterns or jack-o'-lanterns were made out of what? Watermelon, coconuts, turnips, pumpkins. That- Turnips. Yes. All right. Hey, nicely done. I know my folklore. I may not know <laughs> pop culture stuff, but mythical folklore, bring it. <laughs> this monstrous hit was played to wake up the astronauts on Halloween. Ah! Adam. He got it. Monster Mash? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a great bridge smash. 
Who did Tim Burton want to play the lead of Beetlejuice? Huh! Johnny Depp. Nope. Is this multiple choice, nope. or are we just He's supposed to know it? Ah! Tom Selleck. Nope. I got nothing. Sammy Davis Jr. Come on. Oh, no really? way. Yeah. Well, Mr. Bojangles. <laughs> also a dancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was going to be a musical, actually. <laughs> All right. In 1988, this popular song was turned into a movie featuring Neil Patrick Harris, Chubby Checker, Little Richard, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. What is it? What is the song and movie called? With Thriller. An awesome cast. Nope. You didn't scream. Invalidates her. <laughs> <laughs> Thriller. Ah. <laughs> uh, yes. Mo- Monster Mash again. No. Ah. Uh, Airplane. No. He was in Airplane. He was. Yeah, but Neil Patrick Harris probably wasn't born. <laughs> was he, he might have been. Was he in Kazam? He might have been. No, he was, was born. He might have been a child passenger on the plane. It was the Purple People Eater. Oh, that's uh, sad and. What is the average fast. sales in Halloween candy per year? Nah. Two billion. Yes. How do you know that? I know my food. <laughs> 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 the official theme song for the Disney Haunted Mansion is Scary Licious, the Haunted Mansion soundtrack. Ghastly Ghost or Grim Grinning Ghost? Ah! Yes. Grim Grinning Ghost. You are correct. I knew that one. It's the only Disney-sounding name. Scarylicious is. Scary-licious. You've already said Scarylicious about the Spice Girls. Oh, well, that's where I got it from. <laughs> Bill Mur- Murray only agreed to do Ghostbusters if Columbia financed what movie? Ah! Beetlejuice. I <laughs> <laughs> mean, the, uh, the Christmas Ghost uh, one thing that he did the movie version Scrooged. the movie version of so, Shane yeah, and Shane's pages <laughs> yes Scrooged yes. Scrooged uh, n- no no it is called The Razor's Edge it's a remake no one knows about it but everybody knows Ghostbusters hmm. so it's a good thing he did it um, it's a that ice skating movie <laughs> with D.B. Sweeney <laughs> what is the most popular chocolate candy bar sold on Halloween huh. Hershey's no that's not Snickers Snickers. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Who wrote the movie Ghostbusters? Ah! That was a tie. Go ahead. Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd? Yes. I was going to say D.B. Sweeney. <laughs> <laughs> see what else I got Sammy here. Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> <laughs> How many minutes did Michael Keaton appear in Beetlejuice? Ah! 18. Close. Ah! 20. Farther away. Ah! 16. Too low. Ah, 17. 17.5. Is that? I've never right, seen it. Hold on, 17.5. Cameron If you round that it's to 18. a whole minute, it's 18. You can but, have it. but if you go over, like Price is Right, sorry. <laughs> well, then I said 16. <laughs> That's a bust. Well, then you get it. Then, <laughs> well, then you clearly get it. We're, we're, we're within one minute above and below, and Adam and I are going back and forth, and you sat there silently. You didn't even jump in. Well, it was it was such an overload of yelling. <laughs> I was you, actually you terrified. You ought to be used to that working in the editorial department. Ha! Ah! Okay, where do you want to go? Ha! Ah! <laughs> it's it's a very stressful environment. Curse the right. threats of mine. My last question. It looks like last. What's the count? I, or mine counts as like three. What's right? the Monte Cristo, as the kids say. <laughs> I'm going to start new slang. Kids these days, they love Dumas. <laughs> they love their fried ham sandwiches with sugar and cranberry. 
They love their neoclassic <laughs> literature. Cameron has and and ham. Cameron has four. Adam has five. Jesse, you have one. He <laughs> <laughs> thought he had three. <laughs> How did you, you, you turn No, I said I said mine should count as three oh. because it it goes back at least okay. three centuries. You can have that. Yours yeah, counts sweet. as three, and this last one counts as ten. three. <laughs> All right, just getting through. All right, how many pounds does the heaviest pumpkin slash gourd weigh? Huh? Four hundred fifty pounds. Oh, I'm going to give you numbers. Way, way oh. off. Way off. Two fifty. A. Eight ninety five. B. One thousand twenty two pounds. C. 658 pounds. Uh, B. D. One, 1,385 pounds. Uh, B. Adam is correct. Uh, D. He wins. Adam grew up on a gourd farm. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little bit of an edge. And he didn't do so. He read Harry Potter books. Yeah. <laughs> he read news about them, not the real <laughs> He just read Harry Potter press releases all day <laughs> while his gourds grew to <laughs> massive sizes. Because they... Yes. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for the scary, licious dance-off spectacular. <laughs> Up next, feedback and closings. I put a spell on you. Because of mine. The things you do <laughs> What's up? trying to answer a question in the in the trivia <laughs> show. <laughs> that is, is Screaming Jay Hawkins. The album is Cowfingers and Mosquito Pie. The song is I Put a Spell on You. He's an appropriately named guy. So last week we asked you a very simple question, and you people disappointed us like like we've never experienced before. It's a simple question, just to answer the question. And uh, we got a minor smattering of emails. Just a minor, minor smattering. We just got an email from Ryan DeBach. He says, I love your magazine. If I was single, I'd marry it. (laughs) (laughs) That um, we're actually looking into the legality of that. All right, guys. Kyle Martin wrote in and he said, um, he caught the podcast and, and, and we need some deeper research into the Objective Ministry website. Uh, he said he and his friends were talking about that that website at work last week, and, and and he says in all caps, please give us the answers we need as to whether it's real or not. I'm the thinking, answers, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm assuming that it is not real. If that answers this question, although they never let on on the site that it is any sort of joke. But some of the illustrations that they have of, like, a man playing with a pterodactyl leads me to believe that it's not 100% serious. Yeah. Okay, so because we're recording this episode actually quite a bit earlier than we normally would, we have an issue coming out uh, to the printer tomorrow and stuff, so we had to bump this way up. I'm going to be out of town. Uh, We haven't had much time since the last podcast went out, and, and literally only one of your feedback emails have come in so far. So we will read it. Thanks, Kelly Soifer, for being so on the ball. But yes. um, but uh, I, if you, if the rest of you wrote in after the weekend, we apologize uh, for for not getting your emails in time. 
Uh, Kelly wrote and said, many, many years ago, a group of us in an InterVarsity chapter had an Anything in the Bible party. I like that. Was it, I, I wonder if it was in October, or if it was just like, hey, let's have anything in the Bible <laughs> party. It's InterVarsity, probably an outreach event. It was just um, a Friday night. <laughs> I, she says, uh, she or he, Kelly, I don't know. Uh, she says uh, she went dressed as a clown. She found some cheap polka dot pants and rubber nose and added some clown makeup and went as a fool for Christ. <laughs> oh, mercy. That's good. Do, is is good. fools for Christ in the Bible? Yes. I believe so. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think I, so. I think it's made reference to in one of Paul's. Paul says something yeah. about somewhere right. toward the back. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the last half. I know that. We pay attention mainly to the first five chapters of the Bible. Yeah, I'm a big Deuteronomy guy. <laughs> yeah. If it was something from that... Um, uh, me, personally, numbers. Fair enough. See, yeah. I go I go a bit further. I'm big on uh, Hosea. See, if you would have asked me to That's come as a, my time. as a cloth made from no I more like than Nahum. one fabric, I could have done Ooh, that. Nahum. Nahum. Short reading. Mm-hmm. You know, short attention span. Uh, someone else bought an old wool-lined coat at a thrift store, tore, the, tore out the lining, burned it, covered himself with it, and went as a burnt offering. Ah. Not okay. not real sure why they needed to buy a coat to create ash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, my favorite moment was when the group started dancing because nothing is better than a group of people dressed as things from the Bible dancing. dancing yeah, uh, Jesse dancing. So you just perked up. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> was Floyd Mayweather there? <laughs> <laughs> I looked over and saw a guy with a giant cardboard box on his body. He was a stumbling block. Uh, Dancing with a woman with a vegetable steamer tied to her head, clothed in a white garbage bag. She was a pillar of salt. Oh, Oh, wow. So she didn't really answer the question in any way, shape, or form. She just wanted to share a story with us. It's a good story. Well, those are all great ideas, though. Yeah, they are. And they sound relatively cheap. Uh, white garbage bag and a vegetable steamer. Yeah. Uh, well, the steamer is going to set you back a good and, 40 or and Depending 50 on what kind of coat you buy just to turn around and burn, um, <laughs> you could be looking at a couple hundred bucks. I'm not going to lie because I've been there. Some don't burn as easy. More you had to go through several several coats before yeah. you got and one. Unfortunately, it's, a good it's, ash. it's the expensive ones that are surprised. They more melt. Um, <laughs> like those high-end fabrics. Mm-hmm. So I bought like four of those before I ended up just, you know, getting the burlap sack, burning it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess that's it for last week's feedback because uh, we had to do it so soon. Uh, let's. What, what's this week's editorial question of the week? Editorial question of the week. We would like to know what your most disastrous Halloween ever has been. Whether it happened to you, whether it happened to a friend, a family member, something that was just extremely disastrous on Halloween that we could laugh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can laugh with you. It could be while you're <laughs> trick-or-treating. It could be at some kind of fall festival. Like you're at the Holy Ghost Weenie Roast. A hayride. There are a lot of Or like when, when Jesse showed up in the lion costume for a non-costume party. Right, last year at the office <laughs> on Valentine's and then, Day. And then again at the Christmas party. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not again! <laughs> Come on! So, okay. So, yeah, that, that's good. That's good. We should get a lot of replies if we don't uh, record the podcast too early yes. in the week. Okay, which we won't. So write into editorial at relevantmagazine.com or feedback at relevantmagazine.com. On that note, that'll uh, wrap up the spooktacular edition of the Relevant Podcast uh, brought to you in Technicolor by, by who's our sponsor this week? 
um, Sears. <laughs> That's right. I Sears, Sears Fashion. We signed that lucrative Sears Fashion sponsorship. <laughs> just the softer side of Sears. Yes. <laughs> now featuring the Chuck Norris collection. A lot yeah. of denim vest. <laughs> Stretchy denim. I will only wear a denim vest kicking. if it's bedazzled. <laughs> With an eagle. <laughs> or a rebel flag or something. Yeah. So uh, many thanks to Mike Foster. Uh, again, you can check out Ether at ether.org. The Junkie Car Club also has a verb page, yeah. and he has a verb page as well that you could uh, search for. Next week, we have a live in-studio performance by No More Kings, so make sure to tune in for that. I am Cameron Strang. I am Optimus Prime. I'm really dis- disappointed you didn't do that more, actually. I, I There's only a couple lines that I really felt like I felt I don't want to overuse the ones the that, character that you are now dressed as. Well, I didn't hear a lot of other people uh, <laughs> repeatedly. Who are you? I was the host. <laughs> oh yeah, you didn't do one. Yeah. Wait a second. I am very hungry and also sleepy and perspiring. <laughs> Adam wrote a com- very compelling uh, feature, an article about fasting for the December issue. And Things he- have turned around since then. <laughs> <laughs> and his night terrors have gotten much worse. <laughs> it's the gravy. <laughs> I'm actually falling asleep. Unbelievable. Best week ever. We'll see you next week. <laughs> The things you do <laughs> What's up? I ain't yeah, I can't stand No running around I can't stand Elephant Podcast I want to fly to Geneva, run to a meadow, gorge myself with chocolate, and listen to the format. That's all I want. Is that too much to ask? And I want to ride there in a rocket-powered gospel delivery machine. (laughs) 